0: And that's what this worshiping Him in spirit and reality, in spirit and in truth, truth. In, in, in not just not just an appearance, not, but there's a reality in the spirit realm that we need to engage with in our pursuit of our Father because He is real.
1: Yeah, he's, well. He is
0: the reality. Yeah, and and He's in the spirit, so we have to get in the spirit to worship Him in spirit and in truth.
1: God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Bus,
0: And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We had such a great time with Rona Sparopoulos on our last podcast, and we have been digging a little deeper into her book, Spirit Life Beyond the Veil. And we'd like to talk a little bit more about worshiping the Father beyond the veil. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so happy that you've joined us. Before we get started, we just want to encourage you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, where you can see our whole list of podcasts that we have done the last three years. And we want to bless you with the opportunity to look at them and listen to them. Of course, you'll see the same thing on your own podcast platform, whatever you prefer to to listen on. But we also have on that website, we have access to our events that are coming up and things that you can uh, participate in, you can read our blogs, you can browse in our bookstore, and you can donate and help us to keep this podcast going. We would be very grateful for that. And you can go to our bookstore and order this book, Spirit Life Beyond the Veil by Rona Spiropoulos. It is so good, and it's so deep. It's the kind of book that you don't just sit down and read through. It's the kind of book that you sit and read a little and then you meditate on it. Yeah, meditate Mm -hmm. on it and and let it Mm -hmm. become a a part of you and let let your spirit grow and and your and let your flesh die a little bit, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's it's about it's about learning to overcome our flesh by walking in the spirit and living in the spirit realm. And you know, we we are spirits and we, we have a soul and we live in a body. Uh, I remember Dean Braxton telling us, you know, he's the one who passed away for an hour and 45 minutes. And he, well, when people ask him, what's it like to die? He says, well, I don't know. I wasn't there. He said, I left my body and my body died. Mm-hmm. He was outside of his body when his body died. Your spirit leaves. Your spirit is the real part of you. Yeah. It's the, it's the reality part. Uh, you know, we... Um, we've read before in um, the Passion Translation of Romans 7, where, you know, Paul is talking about this war that's going on inside of him between uh, the part of him that wants to do right and the part of him that doesn't seem to be able to do right. <laughs> yeah. and, and he makes it so clear that the real part of you is your spirit. The, the, the real part is the one that wants to do right. It's the part that that is connected to God, mm-hmm. and wants to do right. It's it's the part where your conscience is, and and your conscience is that lamp of the Lord that's that's lighting up every part of you. That's what the Book of Proverbs says. So this spirit life is so important, and and Philip and I have been worship leaders for decades now, <laughs> since <laughs> yeah. the early nineties, and uh, you know sometimes. Worshipping, leading worship, sometimes it's, uh, it's hard to even get into the spirit because you know, you got to think about, well, what chord am I going to play next? And oh, oh no, I've missed a note. And <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe something that just happened before you stepped up on the platform, yeah. or something that you know is going to happen after you step off the platform, and your mind begins to wander. Well, that's not your spirit. Your spirit's yeah. not doing it if, <laughs> if your mind is doing something else.
1: Yeah, your flesh is trying to pull you down. Because yeah. one thing the devil hates is uh, someone worshiping the Father. It's true. Yeah, because that, and he'll do anything he can to trip you up. Mm-hmm. You know, I told our daughter, you know, if you're a worship leader, you have a bullseye on your back because mm-hmm. the devil is going to try to do anything he can. To shoot at you, to derail you, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, that's what we're going to do for eternity. Right. Is worship, you know, worship Father. Right. And uh, and so if, if he can keep you from doing that on earth, you know, that's just uh, mm-hmm. what he's trying to do.
0: Yeah, he's trying to keep us from fulfilling what God put us here to do.
1: Because if, if you can live in a worship lifestyle,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know— that will keep you above all the other nonsense yes. that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, many people they'll they'll like, like the, when they work in that, they'll keep worship music on. You know, and then mm-hmm. we keep worship music on when we're gone. And at night in our house we have a mm-hmm. you know, have an have an old cell phone actually and mm-hmm. and just downloaded uh, on a playlist, you know, some some excellent worship music and and we just put that on repeat and mm-hmm. run it at and run that through one of those little external um, powered speakers, you know, and we just have just uh, have anointed worship going. It's keep just, the atmosphere. Keep going. the atmosphere going. Yeah, yeah.
0: Keeps angels the angels like happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I want to just read a few paragraphs from Rona's book, and it's uh, it's from chapter eight about worshiping the Father, because I I just. We so resonate with this because we're worship leaders, um, among other things, (laughs) but we, we just felt like this is something to share to help you, listener, to go deeper in your worship. So here's what it says. Worshiping the Father is more than just the sacrifice of praise from our lips and lifting our arms to Him. It is deep submission within our hearts acknowledging His sovereignty, acknowledging who He is and what He has done for us. It means opening our hearts in adoration before Him. It is laying our lives on His altar as a sacrifice. He is not looking for worship that is an organized program, but rather worship that He has already placed within us, written into our destiny scrolls and into our heavenly DNA. The highest purpose for which we were created is to minister to our Father in an outpouring of love. Beautiful. Isn't that tremendous? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really tremendous. Let me go on a little bit. We were created to have fellowship with him, worshiping in spirit and in truth, laying aside our own concepts of worship and man-made ideas. We lift our hearts before him that he may light a fire in us, that will burn up the flesh and ascend before him as a pleasing fragrance, a worthy offering acceptable to the Father of lights. Our worship passing through the fire of his love and his glory aligns with the frequency of the Father.
1: Mm, that's beautiful.
0: Now, remember that—now, uh, this is me talking. I'm not reading anymore, but I'm, go- I'm coming back to it. All light and sound are frequencies. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, yeah. we know that from science.
1: It's like blue. When you see blue at a distance at mm-hmm. night, it looks real blurry and, mm-hmm. and deep because it has a – I guess it's a slower frequency. Is yes. that it, blue? Yes.
0: So our, our eyes in the dark have a hard time seeing that frequency. Like red is really good. It has a higher frequency. White is real good. It has a much higher frequency. But, um, yeah, that's why blue is kind of just not a really good – color for a sign in the (laughs) night. But, but you know, sound is a frequency and light is a frequency. So our Father is the Father of of lights. lights. Uh So obviously he's going to have a frequency or probably multiple frequencies Mm -hmm. that are off our charts.
1: (laughs) There's more frequencies out there than the FCC knows about.
0: Yeah, that's right. So here's the next paragraph. Worship done in our own efforts. And according to our own opinions and wills is still received, but it cannot pass through the realm of eternity because it is of a different frequency. For it does not emit life nor light and therefore cannot administrate in the heavenlies. The sound of it is heard, but it does not bring transformation as worship in spirit and truth does. Wow.
1: Wow. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Worship done in our own efforts and according to our own opinions and wills is still received. I'm reading it again because I think it's so mm-hmm. profound. Yeah. But it cannot pass through the realm of eternity because it is of a different frequency. For it does not emit life nor light and therefore cannot administrate in the heavenlies. The sound of it is heard, but it does not bring transformation as worship in spirit and truth does. Wow. So... What is worship in spirit and in truth? In the
1: Gospel of John, uh, I'm reading from the Passion in the fourth chapter. Okay, this is the woman at the well, mm-hmm. which we all pretty well, most of us know the story about that. And this is the Samaritan woman, right? Okay, Jesus is reading her mail here. Yes, you know, he says, uh, "says Get your husband and bring him back here." And she says, "I don't have a husband." And Jesus says, "Well, you've had five, and the one." you're living with is not your husband. Very right. well said. Mm-hmm. So the woman says, you must be a prophet.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so she changes the conversation because she's feeling uh, <laughs> condemnation here because she's been quiet. So tell me this, why do our fathers worship God here on this nearby mountain? But your people teach that Jerusalem is the place where we must worship.
0: Okay. Let's stop there for a second and give a little explanation. Okay. So the Samaritans this this story takes place in Shechem which I I think in in the English translation it's called Sychar um it's it's the current city of Nablus but it it was the city or the town where Abraham came at first that was his first place to build an altar when the Canaanites were still living in in Shechem they were living there and mm-hmm. it's the same place where Jacob came and dug a well, and he and his sons were there, and and his daughter got raped. His daughter Dinah got raped there by the um, the son of the chief of the people living there, and they they kind of the brothers kind of played a trick on them and said, "Well, he you know the young man wanted this this girl to be his wife and." They made a trick on them and said, okay, if, you, if you'll be circumcised, we'll do this marriages back and forth. And so they did it. And then while the men were sore, the two brothers, Levi and uh, Simeon, slaughtered all the men. And that was pretty ugly. But um, that, was, that was the same place. So then when the Samaritans came, when the children of Israel were sent off to Babylon, the Babylonian king sent some people of another region into this region to inhabit it so that it wouldn't just go to the animals. And they didn't know how to, um, how to live by the, the God of the land. So they, they asked for help. They were, I think they were attacked by lions. So they asked for help and they, the king sent a, a Levite to teach them. So they taught them Torah. Mm-hmm. And they began to worship on that mountain, Mount Gerizim. And and that's the same mountain when the children of Israel came from the wilderness. Joshua was given instructions to go back to that same place. This was the place of original covenant with Abraham for the land. So it was mm-hmm. important for them to go back there to renew covenant. So on one mountain, Mount Gerizim, uh, half of the tribes stood there or Representatives from half the tribe stood there, and they spoke the blessings, and the the other half spoke the curses from uh, around Deuteronomy twenty eight. Yeah, Deuteronomy twenty
1: eight. Yeah, twenty eight, twenty nine. Uh-huh. I
0: think it is, and so they they spoke back and forth. So there's there's these two mountains facing each other, and down in the valley is is Shechem, mm-hmm. and so all the the rest of the people were standing below, and they're hearing this going back and forth between the, the blessings and the cursings. Here's here's what you do if you obey, here's what you get if you obey, and here's what you get if you disobey. And and that was the place where Joshua went and made, made an altar and made a sacrifice on the Mount of Cursing. We're gonna go see that, by the way, when we go to Israel in November of 2023. I hope you'll come with us. Go to our website to find out details about that. But well, we're gonna go to that place where that altar was, Because Jesus stood there, sat there, I don't know if he was standing or sitting, he was by the well, he was tired, and he was looking, I think he was looking at Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, Mm -hmm. and Mount Ebal was the Mount of Cursing, and that was the place that represented what he would do when he gave his life to set us free from our sins. So that's the history of Shechem real quickly. So the the Samaritans were not allowed to come to Jerusalem to worship.
1: Because they were a mix. Yeah, Yeah. they
0: were a mixture. They were not Jewish. I mean, they they were not descendants of Jacob. So even though she says our father, Jacob, Mm -hmm. um, they were not directly descended from Jacob. And and so they were worshiping, but they weren't worshiping exactly quite right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't have time to go into that. But um, that's why she was saying, our, our fathers worship on this mountain. And
1: mm-hmm. you
0: Jews who are descendants of Judah, you say you're supposed to vi- to worship in Jerusalem. So that's what this controversy was in her mind. You know, she, she knows that Messiah is coming. And, and she knows about these things, but, but she's, she's conflicted over where's the right place to worship. So then Jesus goes on to say...
1: Okay, so now we're at John 4, 21. Jesus responded, Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart.
0: That's it.
1: With the right heart, yeah. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth.
0: That's it.
1: Wow, that's amazing words.
0: So, the, these words um, in spirit and in truth. Now, we've already talked about God as a spirit and that we are spirits. So, it's like our father, th- our father's looking for this father son relationship. Mm-hmm. He's looking for communion. And I don't mean the bread and wine. I'm talking about having an intimate relationship that is close. Yeah. So, the word for worship comes from it's it's two words in greek and i'm i'm no greek scholar but it's it's proskuneo or something similar to that mm-hmm. the, the the part of it is that's pros means toward or it means intimately close mm-hmm. so close that you can that you can feel the breath
1: mm-hmm. wow
0: okay and then the other part means to kiss But it's related to the word dog, like a dog licking um, its master's hand. You know, a dog that really loves its master always wants to be around the master and always wants to be, you know, (laughs) slurping and licking on on the master's hand or his face or whatever, just wanting to be close, wanting to kiss. And it also means to prostrate yourself or to, yeah. to bow down on your knees, to, to just lower yourself before, before him. And the English word comes from an old English word from, it, from the 1300s. It comes from the word for worth or worthy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it, it means the, a condition of being worthy dignity, glory, distinction. That's what the word worth means. So you're you're declaring his worthiness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what worship is. It's it's and it's it's not about words. It's as as you read there, it's about the heart. And it's not about our songs and it's not about our dances and it's not about our banners, as wonderful as they are, it's about what's going on in our hearts mm-hmm. while we're doing it.
1: Yeah. I remember Dean saying, you know, when you're doing it under the Lord, even in practice. Yes. You're, as you're worshiping the Lord. And we, we don't think of it that way. Yeah. We only think of worship as when you're. When you do it right. When you do it right or <laughs> when you're leading it or you're out in the in the auditorium or something, you know. And you think of that, that's your worship time. But actually, you, you really worship God in anything that you do.
0: Yes, because it's what your heart is doing. Is your heart in it?
1: Well, take Adam and Eve, because their covering was glory, was light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and God would walk with them. It said in the in the cool of the day, but when they had sinned, you know, they ate the wrong fruit. And when they, He said, "Don't do this," and they did it, and all of a sudden, they realized they were naked, mm-hmm. which yeah, really what they were really clothed in light. Yeah, which is what we were supposed to we we're supposed to be. And but they had that continual, commun- they had that, you know, that communion with God. He would come down. But then, when they sinned, they ran, they hid. When they heard the voice of God, mm-hmm. instead of then, oh, it's our Abba, Father, they went and hid themselves. Yes. Because the glory was gone. Yeah. Wow. It's so true. when we have the glory operating in our life, the more glory operating in us. The more intimate worship becomes for us, you know, and you can find yourself not just in times of worship, like with everybody else, but your own personal time, and you can just stop anywhere and just worship a while. Yes, you know, and because it's there, because God is everywhere, mm-hmm. He's always there. Jesus is always there, but are we open? Are we are we um, plugged in, or we can uh light up like? Like testing Christmas lights, you know we've been <laughs> we've been doing that, you know, and you check them before you put them on the tree, you know, right. and also in some of the sets you know they're they're partially out or halfway out, or we get them all the way up, get them up there, and then one side goes out, <laughs> you know they don't have all their light, yeah, you know, so it's and it's noticeable, so if you don't have the light of God going. Like really moving through you, yeah, it's noticeable. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
0: It's true. So this this word about worshiping in spirit and in truth. Uh-huh. So we understand that it's spirit to spirit. Yes, it's really about he wants to occupy us, and we want to occupy him. Yeah. We want to be in the same place at the same time, and and I believe the Lord showed me that you really can only access His presence in the present. In this moment. In this moment, yeah. In this uh-huh. now mm-hmm. is when you can access eternity because his presence is eternal. So you can access the eternal realm in the moment. That's the, that's the spirit part. Yeah. And when you stop thinking about the here and now um, uh, physical realm and emotional realm and intellectual realm—
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you stop thinking about that and engage with the Father, mm-hmm. there's something that takes place in you and in him. It's so satisfying to him and it's so satisfying to us when we have that intimate communion with yeah.
1: him. Even when you don't feel like it, sometimes you have right.
0: to. And and that's the best time to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, I was in a dentist chair a few weeks ago, <laughs> yeah, and this is a tooth that they had to do a lot of work on it to put a cap on it. You know, and that ain't no fun. Mm. You know, and especially if it gets close a little close to the nerve oh, and the, oh, oh, oh. maybe not quite enough novocaine. Uh-huh. I thought I'm just gonna picture myself in the throne room just worshiping God. <laughs> there you know, you I'm go. just trying trying this and to get my mind off of what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like they, they put one of these they call it a bite block in my mm-hmm. mouth. Open your mouth, they put a block in there so you can't close your jaw down. This was the first time at this dentist, so so you know, so it's relaxes your muscles and and maybe you won't get bit. I mean, I guess you got bit before. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like you don't have to concentrate keeping your mouth open, you know, and just just trying, just trying to get lost in God while He's working, worship God while He's working on my tooth, yes. you know. And <laughs> exactly. And and
0: here's the point. The point is that it's the reality mm-hmm. of His of the spirit realm. Yeah, the spirit realm is the real realm. Yeah, and that's what. Dean Braxton and others who have exited their body for an amount of time and came back to tell about it—they all say that once you're outside of your body, that is the reality. That's the mm-hmm. real. That's the real. That's wow. the real thing. So, worshiping Him in spirit and in truth—that word "truth" means at the unveiled reality lying at the basis of and agreeing with an appearance. Now I'm reading from the lexical aids to the New Testament in my Hebrew-Greek Key Study Bible um, by he, by Spiros Zodiades has written these uh, lexical aids. So it's the unveiled reality lying at the basis of and agreeing with an appearance, the manifested or veritable essence of a matter, the reality pertaining to an appearance. In other words, it's not just what we imagine. It's the reality. I mean, yes, your imagination is reality. Help me out here. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, lose, don't let me lose you on that. But the reality is it's like it, it looks like the real thing. It sounds like the real thing. It feels like the real thing. It smells like the real thing. It must be the real thing. That's the, that's the spirit realm. It's the reality. It's the truth, the real reality. This is not an apparition uh, that is pretending to be something. Mm-hmm. This is not um, like, like a, a, a paper version. Like, you, you, you know, you take a photograph and you show it to a person and you say, this is Philip Buss. Well... No, it's a picture of Philip Bus. It's not the reality not the real of Philip Bus. It uh-huh. just looks like him. It's not the real <laughs> Philip Bus. It's a picture of the real Philip Bus. But it's not the real Philip Bus. The real Philip Bus is sitting across the table from me, looking at me, wondering where I'm going next. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's a reality here. And that's what this worshiping him in spirit and reality is. In spirit and in truth, truth. In, in in not just not just in appearance, not, but there's a reality in the spirit realm that we need to engage with in our pursuit of our Father, because he is real. Yeah. He's, well. He is the reality. Yeah. And and he's in the spirit. So we have to get in the spirit to worship him in spirit and in truth. So I just want to read a couple more paragraphs from, from Rona's book. Worship is a meeting place in the spirit. Our spirits are released to the Father, and he meets us where we are.
1: Mm -hmm. Beautiful.
0: The lowliest person can lift up his heart in worship. It requires no great knowledge or revelation or spirituality, but only the heart of a child. The faith which recognizes the love of a father desiring fellowship with his child. It is as we lose ourselves in worship that we enter the realm of revelation. If we are still battling with the elementary principles of forgiveness of sin, if we're still seeking freedom from condemnation, our faith has not yet extended beyond the cross into resurrection life. And we find it hard to accept fellowship with the Father. It is only as we press on in faith and leave behind these elementary principles that we have exercised our faith to the point where we can receive revelation from the Holy Spirit. It is the natural mind that cannot accept revelatory truth. And it is the natural man that cannot worship in spirit and in truth. Mm. That's the... Wow. That's the you know when when we're trying to quote unquote lead worship and mm-hmm. we're thinking about what's that next chord <laughs> you know there's a natural man thing involved and mm-hmm. and it's like we got to learn it well enough that it comes yeah that it comes so naturally that we can lose ourselves in that worship realm mm-hmm. and just put our eyes on him and yeah. and and it's, it's actually a lot easier being in the congregation than yeah. being up there leading
1: you because know, like I'm, I'm a sound man too yeah and I'm, and so it's like we're playing and if I hear something technical that, that or something that's off maybe the monitor you know I'm not loud enough in the monitor or I'm too loud. Or my G string's a little out of tune, you know. Mm-hmm. I I try to <laughs> tune it on the fly, you know. And there's things that you're hearing that can just kind of pull you out of where you're really trying to go. Yeah. Because the ideal thing is, is you know, just being locked in with God. But but then you have the responsibility of not goofing up since mm-hmm. you're live on, you're live I and mean, you're you're live on YouTube or Facebook. Yeah. You know, and you don't you don't want to have a have a train wreck. You yeah. Know?
0: Should we Which, tell the train wreck story? Did we tell that? Oh, we can tell it again because it's so good. good. You know, uh, just uh, last in our last convention, Convention. (laughs) um, we were leading worship. And (laughs) when Philip pulled the music, he accidentally pulled our copy in a different key than all of the rest of the musicians. (laughs) And so we started the song and the musicians are kind of looking funny.
1: And we look funny, too, I thought. Don't you sing melody on this? We're kind of look at each other. Yeah, like,
0: it's like this doesn't feel right. This doesn't sound right. I, I, this feels like it's too high for me to lead, and and so I'm thinking, Philip, you need to lead this. And 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 then we figured out that like the the musicians started to follow us. Yeah, they start playing by ear. By you know, playing came. by ear, and and then Philip figured out what, what had it, happened.
1: And so the keyboardist was back on my left, and so I I said, I'm going to swipe your music, you know, and I <laughs> I grabbed it. And they said, "Okay, we're just going to start over." Yes, and, and so it was. So we st- we just started over.
0: Yeah, in in the proper key that, the proper that we could key. sing in. Yeah. And then we got lost in God, and it was good. But in the meanwhile, we had this what what musicians call a train wreck, when you have just a total bungle. It's called a train wreck. So afterwards, one of the ladies comes up and she says, "You know what was going on in the spirit while you were having that train wreck?" And I said, "I have no idea." And she said, um, I could see in the spirit that there was this large, large stairway and a, and a red carpet came rolling down and angels lined it and then, and then walked around the room. And then Jesus appeared at the top on a horse and he rode his horse down the stairs and he got off the horse in front of a lady. Well, we've had her on the podcast, Mercy McJones. Yeah. And he got off of his horse and he took one of the crowns off of his head and he crowned Mercy. Mercy. Yeah. Yeah. And from that, I I understood the prophetic message of that is that in the midst of the train wrecks of our life, Mm -hmm. Jesus shows up crowning mercy. Mercy is what we need. Mercy is always what we need. Yeah. Uh, Because we're we're not doing it right all the time. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, our father, there's a beautiful scripture, as a father pities his children.
1: Mm, so yeah. the
0: Lord pities them that fear him. Yeah. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. We dads. are dust, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he remembers uh, how frail we are in our humanity. And he's so kind. But he's looking for us to come as children, mm-hmm. to come humbling ourselves. In that, in that prostration, we are humbling ourselves. Uh, and it's from the heart, a heart prostration. You know, sometimes you can't get down on the floor you sometimes you can't bow down but if you can it, that's a good position for worship that's what mm-hmm. it means uh to to just lay your your lay your life down before him give him everything give him the glory to his name you stop thinking about yourself and you start just giving him glory and, but you do it in the in the heart you do it in the spirit and he receives it in the spirit yeah so i just want to close with with this last thing Deep calls unto deep, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? That's Psalm 42, 1 and 2. And then this is the the other part that Rona has written. The glory of worshiping God from a clean and pure heart is available to all who will become as little children. For the Father's heart aches to have us close to him and to minister to our spirits and to receive from us the very act of worship for which we were created. Beautiful. In this act of worship, our hearts are enlarged as we groan and ache and cry out to God to increase our capacity for worship. The depths of our spirit cry out to the depths of God to enable us to express our worship to him in a greater way. We cry out to break through the limitations of our senses and our flesh and rise into the realm of the spirit, the realm of his glory, that our lives may become worship. Our cry is to become an expression of absolute freedom and worship and adoration to him, opening the way for others to enter into their freedom of expression in him as well. Mm-hmm. So that's our prayer for you, dear listener that you will have that cry in you and that he will come to you and open this place in you to break through the limitations of your senses and your flesh so that you can rise into that spirit realm, uh, that realm of the spirit, that realm of his glory, that your life may become worship also. Let your cry Be to become an expression of absolute freedom and worship and adoration to him, opening the way for others to enter into their freedom of expression in him as well. As we worship, it opens up a place into the glory that causes the glory to come down. So we're praying right now in the name of Jesus Christ that that glory of the presence of God will come down on you right now right where you are right where you are listening that his glory will come down on you and transform your life and deepen your worship and deepen your relationship with him and deepen your revelation from the holy spirit in the name of jesus christ amen amen if you enjoyed today's podcast Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming loving presence.